Welcome back, everybody, to the defectives. <laughs> good, good start. Oh, man. Little, uh, little water there. Dry throat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone, to the defectives. This is Darren. And uh, this is Ryan. And I'm going to cut you off and um, congratulate you and thank you for being a beautiful example. Mm. And uh, celebrating five years today. Five years continuous sobriety. That's... A fucking miracle. <laughs> yeah, it is. Without a doubt. You got me blushing. Yeah. Uh, it's something that uh, is, it's um, it's pretty crazy on a daily to, uh, this whole week was spent in a lot of um, nostalgia and looking back, but looking back um, differently than I've looked back coming up on previous um, celebrations. Um, and I'm guessing that's just because where I'm at on an emotional sobriety state versus in previous times. Um, this was, I look back and I could see with a lot more gratitude, uh, the beauty of, uh, of what life has presented. Um, and not just recently, you know, that's cool, but I can look back on stuff that perhaps I didn't look back on before with gratitude and I can now mm. and, and look at it like that. Um. The fact that my sister's sitting here with us uh, on this podcast is, uh, I said it last night, uh, is, is baffling to me that, um, that she asked to, to come up and spend some time, right? And that's nothing to be said about her. That's me. Like, we've, we've been brother and sister for, well, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fascinating thing about family. <laughs> <laughs> and our... Our relationship has always been what I've allowed it to be kind of thing. You know, we've always been just far enough apart um, to where as I came into high school, she was going out. As I came into college, um, I was going away. She was kind of heading deeper into school. By the time I transitioned back, um, she had her life set and, and I was already who I was. Um, and spending time with my older sister did not seem to fit into the cool realm of what I thought life was supposed to look like. And that just carried on, you know, as I got worse, um, I just had to distance became. But we didn't really spend a whole lot of time together when we were younger either. Mm -mm. Cause we both did competitive sports. Like no. he was out at soccer in Virginia, you know, 45 minutes away from where we live. And I was in gymnastics in the completely opposite direction you know, four nights a week. And so mm. we didn't really, there wasn't a lot of time spent except on vacations yeah. or, you know, even on the weekends, like we were, <laughs> it wasn't, we just, it wasn't, I mean, we're three and a half years apart. So yeah. I think it was just enough yeah. that we sort of very much live very separate lives. Um, so it's, it's interesting, you know, the first time you ever called me to talk to me on the telephone was when you were pledging a fraternity. I mean, tilt, tilt your mic up a little bit. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. All right. First time. He ever called me on the phone in our entire lives. I was, he was pledging, to, uh, he wanted to know my opinion about which fraternity he should pledge. <laughs> That's spot on, bud. And how old were you then? Night set 18? I had just turned 18, yeah. Mm. So we had never spoken about really anything 
We're getting ready to all hear a bunch of news stories tonight. I don't have a whole lot of news stories. I'm I'm saying everything you're going to tell is probably going to be new because I won't have remembered. Uh, You don't remember doing that. I wasn't. I was so like fascinated by it. Like it was like my brother called and asked for my advice. (laughs) Like little did I know I was sending him down a really bad hole. Oh, you were just. I had no idea. Guiding him. He was going. He was going on his own. I mean, I, you know, he was at college. I thought he was playing soccer, you know. Yeah. And then even I just learned on your podcast that my brother um, didn't make the team. My understanding was that he got up there and there were like a lot of like because of him, he didn't make the team. I had always thought it had been done to him. Mm. He got up there and they. Fuck yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Same shit. I mean, that's how I spun it in my head too. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, like it was. They had brought in all these international players, and they didn't tell him, and he wasn't able. You know, he couldn't make the team. Or I had no idea. I always told the story that my poor brother. Good, <laughs> good spin job. Good, I did well. Great spin Fucking job. Sold that thing. I think it's crazy that you're surprised that I came up here. Hey, I mean, I guess I probably could have had a little clue of it when when you allowed Josh to come up. Um, that was kind of the first picture that perhaps there was some healing going on and some trust. Um, I mean, I don't know that you ever didn't trust me. You, you know that. Um, but I, I usually was so far away that it would be kind of hard to. Yeah. You didn't, I don't, we, there wasn't a lot of hurting me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I sort of lucked out. I mean, mostly because I stayed away and you stayed away. Yeah. We didn't interact in a way that you were able to. Yeah. Yeah. So I mostly had to deal with my mother. He left me to deal with my mother. That's what he did. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. Yes. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's some similar storylines here. I mean, like my older brother moved out when I was like in high school. Um, he's moved around the country. But our relationship um, took a long time to develop. You know, we there was an age gap of five years. What are you guys one. separated by? Like three and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. And um, I don't, I mean, I lived with them for a brief stint in our 20s, like early 20s. And that was really the kind of the first time, like, we actually started to have a relationship, you know. And, uh, yeah, again, left at home with mom was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I finally had to tell my mom, you can't call me anymore and talk about this because she would call every day worried worrying about him. About him and, yeah. Um, that was at an early age too. Yeah. I think 19 is when it really started on. kicking yeah, yeah, yeah. on. But I mean, I honestly say I've learned more about his life via this podcast than I knew ever. Like I had no idea how big of an, like how significant alcohol was in his life like I knew he had a problem but I had no idea that it was the way it was or that he was living the way he was living no idea yeah zero clue I knew he had a problem um because I remember I used to drive past this rehab center every day when I went to go to the gym and I was like I need to get him here but then I thought he would be mad at me and I didn't want him to be mad at me um but it never occurred to me that it was as bad as it was ever I said that last week. I said, I think you'd be surprised at how little people know, like, because 
it becomes normal to us. Yeah. And then when we come out that we have a problem, it's like, uh, well, we knew you had like a problem. Yeah. But, and then I'm like, but it's way worse than you think. Like the shit we do is crazy to uh, the normal yeah. person without these problems. Yeah. I mean, behind closed doors, I mean, there are stories that um, will never be told for multiple reasons. One, not clearly remembering them. Uh, and two, it's, um, it, it, there's no, there's no point behind it, right? It doesn't need to look any darker than what it already looks. That's enough. It seems like at this moment to be useful to others is to share the darkness I have. But I mean, there's stuff out there that just is, you know, the, 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 it was probably more like not so much the physical darkness that would be going on behind the closed doors, you know, like the, the it, spending time in closets, and stuff like that, but it was the mental uh, yeah. darkness, like the suicide contemplation, like at a daily yeah. scenario, like at any given moment, like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, right? Um, and that, uh, I think that's why when I got, when I woke up this morning, actually, no, it really hit last night when we, when we got to, um, when I got to look out from speaking and look at you right sitting there um it really hit me at that moment of like wow so now within the last year you mom and dad have all been present at uh, a place where i got to share and um that's like full circle for me like that to me made sense hopefully you maybe told a few different stories (laughs) (laughs) um the one that you heard last night had not been exposed yet, yeah. had not really come out. Probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's it, last night was interesting. I thought I would sort of be like, whatever, like distracted and kind of how I usually am when someone's speaking. And I, I was mesmerized. It really was like, I, I just watched, like I was completely focused and watched. And I don't think I stopped watching, which is, really rare yeah and i i you know like that's described was described to me as like the language of the soul because like the first time i heard Devin, who we just had on speak i felt the same way it was like or or whoever it was you know like it didn't really matter who it was it could be somebody i knew or didn't know but the first time i heard that and it just captivated me like i was just locked in on whatever word they said whatever was next i was like i'm all in and I'm right here. And it was the first time I was ever present in my life. I think it's the first time I can honestly say, well, maybe with my children in, in some respects, but I gave someone my undivided attention. Yeah. I mean, people use that a lot in conversation, but I think that may have been the first time I didn't take out my phone. I didn't turn my head. Like I heard other things happening, but I was just so mesmerized, you know, and I mean, and proud. Um, but mesmerized at, you know, watching this person that I had spent my whole life with um, present himself in a way that I think very few people probably can. Um, it was, it was pretty, I mean, I don't have any problem sharing and talking. It's a flaw. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not shy. Um, but because, you know, partially I believe it's how we, manage and heal and deal is to you know sort of not always carry the burden on our on our own but 
um yeah it was it was it was quite a quite an experience i i won't yeah it's one i won't forget and i was honored to be there like it was it was pretty cool so so happy anniversary (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah let me collect myself yeah yeah it's quite a scene like um well when you spend your whole life worried about him you know like where is this guy yeah well and it's interesting because i actually just compartmentalized him yeah i had so much in my own life you know whether it was school or work or kids or whatever i could i could compartmentalize him until he would call and then it'd be there and i would hear it you know I mean, you've probably did the same with your family. I mean, I've heard the stories, but yeah. this time's going to be different. I've hit the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got, I'm getting divorced. This is the worst it's ever been. I've hit rock bottom. Um, can you bail me out of jail? This is the worst. I've hit rock bottom. Hang in there, buddy. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> that was early on. If I, I mean, that, I should have known that was a sign. <laughs> oh, God. That um, was like 17 years yeah, early. Yeah, that was way early. Oh, I got this DUI. That was rock bottom. Um, you know, it was, it was, I could hear it and I knew it and it was, but I still never knew it was as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. I I mean, or or that it was, I, I never, I never, I didn't have like listening to your story. I feel like your family, you had a lot more of the sort of what I think people think of traditional alcoholic, like we found you in your car, you know, like I don't, if those things occurred, he wasn't here. Right. So no one, we didn't experience some of them. I feel like your family, your brothers or, you know, whoever sort of were entrenched in a way that was a little different than ours because he, he purposefully stayed away. He purposefully moved around. Like he said last night, I just, every time it got bad, I went to a new place yeah. and it was never, it was rarely home. Right. So, um, <laughs> but I think, I don't know if I told you this, but when he called, it was four in the morning when you called me. I don't know if you know that. I had it at five. But yeah, it was okay. it was like four in the morning when he called. And I always have my phone next to my bed. And I, and I sort of looked and I was like, Jesus Christ. And I... Uh, <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> but I knew, I mean, you kind of know. And I answered it. And I, he was like, I need to get out of here. And I, my question to you was, and I don't remember, if, I know if you remember, was what kind of you need to get out of there is yeah. this? Like... Are you escaping from the law or are you? And he's like, no, I need to go to rehab. And I had never heard him say that ever. Like he had never said, I need help. I need to go somewhere. I need any. And in that moment, I was like, this is, this is like, I don't know what happened, what took over, but I was like, okay. And he's like, I don't have any money. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, when do you want to leave? He's like, no, like I need to leave now. And I'm like, all right, give me a few minutes. I went to the computer and mm. found a Southwest flight that got him there that night. Um, Actually, it was, it was still day. Still day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like four o'clock. Oh, that's o'clock. right, you're right, because we you went to dinner. Kids. We went to dinner and he's like, this is going to be my last drink. It was <laughs> while I was with you. <laughs> I was so pissed off. I was like... I almost was like, I'm not paying for that. Um, <laughs> she no was more. paying for it. You need to have a good last drink. <laughs> that was how. That's how he presented it. You, you have know? to. It was a good one too. It was. 
you know, vodka rocks. Vodka rocks, something. Problem like was, is I had six more days before <laughs> I was going to rehab. Yeah. And we left. My mom and I left. We went away for four of those days. Oh my God, and left me with my father. Left him with my father. Lovely. Mm. We had this trip planned for my grandmother, so we had to go. Oh. Um, but he hedged. I was telling that story last night. He was hedging on rehab when he got to my house. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like not making the calls about his insurance, yeah, not no. checking on. You know, I didn't do any of that shit. My brothers did it all. Oh, did they really? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I can remember her leaving for work saying, uh, the computer's right there. Uh, start finding places. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to work computers. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. I didn't. It was, like, I was like, I didn't realize, like, I had old, to show him how to, how turn, to it on. turn it on. So I made these louder. So you can oh, see good. I don't um, know what I did. Okay. They're picking up more. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. I had to turn the computer on, show him how to get to the internet. Like he legitimately did not know how to get to the internet. No, I didn't. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, do you have an email address? He's like, just looked at me like, I- I'm so not sure what you're speaking of yeah. this email. <laughs> what is this email you speak of? <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. Sorry. Uh. Yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't even, no. So, yeah, so full (laughs) of fear, right? We're talking about the before the the podcast. Yeah. That fear, I don't know how to do this. This is just a bullshit I'll tell myself, but it it feels so real. Mm. Like, how can I possibly figure this out? Don't you know I'm dying? Like, when I am dying, but. Do you have, I mean, I I, I think about that question, like the fear, like, like like, is there anything that you've really tried that you've legitimately failed at? Of life. Well, I mean, other than life, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if you really try it, do you like? Are you really failing? Like, I mean, things like you're figuring this out, or sure. you're figuring out baseball, or you figured out like. No, it's all fake. Yeah, so it's, it's all like, fake. There, you have no like other than life, which. I struggle in telling the, we I we I can't tell what's fake or real, yeah. because in my head, it's real. And I, and most of the time I don't even know what, what the fear is. It's just like, I'll just feed myself a load of shit. Like I can't do that because I don't know how to, or why would I do that when I have this going on and it's perfectly fine, but I'm actually miserable. Like, why would I make a drastic change in my life? If I got this going on, I'm good. Why would I start a podcast so I can put myself out there and get ridicule, ridiculed? You know, <laughs> he said that to me. He, oh, yeah. We talked about the fear related to that. Like mm-hmm. the false narrative that plays in my mind is always there, and it's always telling me that there is a problem here. Um, and now later on, I realize that it doesn't exist. The problem actually doesn't exist. But it, while it's selling me the problem, it's also telling me that it has this, this solution for that problem, which is impossible because if a problem doesn't exist, there's no solution available. But what it's telling me is the solution looks like the conversation that I have over and over and over, and I'm trying to like just get it right so that I'm going to say it perfectly in my head and all of a sudden the problem is going to disappear and the fear will disappear. 
Um, and that's the, the constant struggle, right? So here I am sitting in front of a computer trying to figure it out. And what my brain is telling me is if you hit the wrong button, everything's going to delete and you're going to ruin her computer and we're going to lose stuff. <laughs> I was like, you can't break it. You won't hurt anything. And, but that does, I don't believe that because the brain doesn't want me, <laughs> the disease first off doesn't want me going to rehab. The brain certainly does not want me going away because my experiences are 36 hours when I go away is into little, little jail cells. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of what this is going to be like. So you don't want to do that. Um, no, but I was like, you're going on Thursday, right? Thursday's the day, like every day. I was like, okay, we're good, right? We're leaving on Thursday. Like, be ready to go on Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's go. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I remember you did call mm -hmm. when I talked to you when you were at, and I was like, God damn, he's wasted. Like, I could hear it in his voice. I was so mad. I was like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. No, you weren't. <laughs> it, I could have died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could have died. I could have, I could have had a seizure. So we, yeah, we get there. <laughs> I don't remember Poor it, Ryan. so it wasn't that bad. No, I'm just kidding, mom. <laughs> it was terrible. Right, I, uh, I get him there, and he he wouldn't go in right away. He's like, I need to smoke a cigarette. I was like, All right, I get that. I mean, I don't. I've never smoked a cigarette, but I got the concept <sighs> of needing to take a break. Like, so opposite, dude. dude. Like. Like so opposite. I was listening to her last night describe some things as we were driving into the city. And I was like this. Oh, my God. How is it possible that the same genetics produced the two individuals in this vehicle? I mean, and, and it's not that either one of them was like or it was just like like she like she said something about she likes to follow the rules. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like this. <laughs> Oh I said Josh likes to follow the rules. My oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do like to follow. You said, oh, yes, because I was. He pulled up in front of the church, where you guys have your meetings, uh, and he pulled up on this side of the road, facing the wrong direction. And I was like, "You do know you're facing the wrong direction, right?" He's like, "It's fine." I'm like, "Me, we mom, like shaking, like <laughs> we're breaking the rules." Like I got, to, I got to, I mean, inside I was shaking. I got to his house and I was like, is it okay? Like, can I park here? It says permit. He's like, you're fine. I'm like, oh, so like out of this, he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm going to get a ticket. Like, this isn't like, I'm breaking the rule here. So I imagine when you heard like the crack and like the PCP stories, you were just like, no, but see, I knew those things. Like I knew he sort of did those things, but I, it's not like I never did. Like I didn't do that. I definitely did not smoke crack. Um, but I mean, I, we were drinking, I was driving him with the keg in my car. Like yeah. I, it wasn't like I did, I just didn't have his experience. Um, yeah. I think what I said last night to uh, like those guys, and I think they all looked at me like she's an alien was I never did anything that I felt like I have to have this again ever. I, you, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> you have to repeat that. Cause I don't think I understood it. Like I, I, we did ecstasy we did like acid we did mushrooms. oh and you never felt like you had to do it again it never occurred to me <laughs> that i needed to do it again so fucking yeah i mean actually most of those things i was like ah yeah i really don't want to do that again yeah no yeah and that's, that's where so it's like this weird like i'm you know when he talks about the craving i'm like short i mean i i used to drink regular coke that was like my biggest vice and I couldn't quit drinking regular Coke until I got a concussion and then I stopped drinking regular Coke. But, um, short of that, I, I, and I think I said last night too, if someone had said to me, even early on, you can never have another drink in your entire life. I'd have been like, okay, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. But I mean, it's, I, I think listening like to the stories, I'm like, I feel very blessed that, and part of me feels bad too, because like, why, why him? Right. Like, why didn't that happen to me? Like, why did he have to go down that path? Like we grew up in the same household. I mean, we didn't have necessarily the same experience, but we do have the same genetics in some way. Like why him and yeah. why not me? Like God knew you were going to have four children <laughs> <laughs> or you, yeah. like God knew there would be you. Yeah. Um, but when you guys last yeah. week, when you were talking about your purpose, um, I really resonated with the thought of like, I just, I go to my job because it, it pays me good money and it affords me the life that I would like to live. It, it's not purposeful in, in anything other than that. But I have had conversations with him. I don't know that he and, and another friend that I think I was afforded a life of very little struggle, difficulty, trauma, pain, all those things because I, my purpose is I am very good at problem solving with people. Mm. And I have a lot of friends and family and coworkers and things where I am dependent upon to be their person. And I feel like that is my purpose. Mm. I've never considered it service to others. I just yeah. sort of was like, I never leaned really. I never had a lot of stuff that I felt like I needed to lean on people for but I had a lot of people lean on me and I felt like maybe that was why maybe there is the thought that you're only given, you know, you're, if, if we had given you all this other stuff, you wouldn't have been able to be this person for those people. Um, I wish you certainly wouldn't have answered my four o'clock. I would definitely not answered your four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And then we don't know where Um, we're at. (laughs) Or are we, if that phone call is not made, you know, who knows? Well, but the phone call was made by him. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't reach out and be like, can I help you? Um, But I said it last night. I don't think I've ever said it before. As I said, was God was working on both sides of that phone. Yeah. Right. And I hadn't really ever said that before. And, um, but it makes sense, right? Because she's not a morning person or certainly not that time of the night. Um, but yet she felt compelled to answer it because, well, for whatever reason, I don't know that we, she could draw back to it. But the idea is she did. And I did. And I made it, right? And I knew at that moment that, listen, it needs to happen today. Why? I, I don't know. Today I can give a reason of why I think that is, is that's because I want to believe I had clarity about what this disease was like and that if I didn't do it now, I would never do it. Um, I can say that, but where does that come from? Right. That can only be clarity given by something else to me because I don't know anything about this disease at that time for me to come up with that. So for me to be like, Hey, listen, could you get me out today? Um, because I knew that I had to get out today. Oh man. What a crazy cool experience, right? And then to drive me into the rehab as well. Um, I wish he would have picked me up from the rehab because <laughs> that drive home would have forced anyone to drink. <laughs> the most interesting part of the trip to the rehab is because I was checking him in, um, I had to fill out this paperwork. I don't know if your well, your family has, to, I don't know who took you or if they've explained it to you, but, um, and there's a lot of questions that I had never considered yeah and i'm like you know things like how has the you know the addiction of this person something to that effect impacted you like all these impacted your family and i was like 
I'm like, I'm not going to rehab. He's going to rehab. Like (laughs) I was a little annoyed because I'm like, I just want to go. Like I got a three, four hour trip back home. Like, but it was the first time I had to consider that he was really an alcoholic who had negatively impacted our lives. Mm. And I had never really, even though with my mom and stuff, I, it, I had never been asked to explain it or to identify it or to write it down. And I asked him if they show that to him. He's like, I have no idea. Like he doesn't. Yeah, no. Um, but it was, and I was like, my parents really should be here. They were, you know, like, but I did, I was able to sort of explain how it had impacted my extended family, you know, my parents, cause they were the ones, um, really mostly impacted, but it was an interesting perspective that I had never considered before. Oh, eye opening. I feel like maybe you might've had your, if it was your brothers, they might've had a few pages, but I yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we got that question there. Nah, it was like yeah. a chuck and run. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I wasn't allowed to do that. The admissions were, has, has changed over the years okay. as far as what they do. I've, I've, for one, it's usually, um, you're getting picked up or yeah. Okay. A- and, um, the parent is just doing the drop off kind of thing or the girlfriend yeah. or the boyfriend, whatever it is. Nobody's sitting in there. There's no family. It was a different place back then. Yeah. yeah no, was what a great, a... what a great thing though, that to have had that. Um, yeah. I would think as far as for the overall experience for the family to be able to sit there and, and recognize that. And perhaps that creates a little bit of awareness why that individual stays there and they can leave and they can think about perhaps some of those things. And I don't know. Kind of seems, I like mean, the family, like my family at least was in a fucking whirlwind. Like yeah, nobody sure. knew anything that was going on. Yeah. They weren't first time I got dropped off two and three was my aunt fourth time was my own self. Yeah. But I was blacked out walking into the last three of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember the admissions, but like, yeah, the, but, but my family at least was in such a whirlwind that they were just like, get them out of here. Yeah. And like, yeah, we give me a week we, yeah. to chill out. Like, I don't yeah. even want to talk to talk anybody, to them, yeah. you know? It was, a, uh, and then I remember sitting there waiting and there were people, it was, a uh, they were coming to visit. There was visitation and it was this guy who looked like a guy I would be working with, you know? professional not didn't look like what I thought an alcoholic would look like and this woman came in Mm -hmm. who I perceived to be his wife with their three young children and I like almost lost it like because it was the first time I had really been exposed to wow this is a disease that is impacting just everyday people like not what you know the homeless people that I see on the street or the you know what you see in movies or the the things like that it's it was it was um it was heartbreaking to see mm. um damn you could, that's yeah. wild that's a powerful observation it was it was it, like it was because I hadn't thought about it like yeah. I hadn't really I've learned like I mean Darren's been very um good for my uh life awareness i mean unfortunately his experience but (laughs) it's made me a far more empathetic human being um and much more knowledgeable 
and I've been able to help a couple people by his extension, um, a guy I work with. Um, I was able to sort of extend, you know, not for him, but for someone he knew and, um, you know, and it was just, I talk about it. Like, I'm not afraid to talk about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with my kids, he's talked to my children, like they're aware. Um, it's, it's, there's been, his recovery has an extended benefit beyond just his self. Yeah. Sorry, I just got a notification. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a family disease and like the cool part is the family can recover together too. And like, like you were saying with that opportunity to help somebody else, like opens up this whole new world and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. And this is affecting everyday people. It's this eye opening experience and that, you know, something that drove us apart for so long can wind up, you know, being our greatest blessing and bringing the whole family back together. It's, it's crazy. It is. It's, uh. It's been good. I don't know. I, I I don't know if he would say use that word. And no, it has. Um, it's been good. It has. You know. Um, I mean, if if someone's going to go through this, um, the things that life has presented to me, um, it seems to me like the the uh, let's at least make it worthwhile, right? The pain and suffering, some self induced, some not. Uh, let's at least make it worthwhile and useful to somebody, and. Um, so I'm okay with that, right? That's why I've been free with it pretty much from the beginning as far as laying it out there to people. Um, it nev- I was never that person to hold back. Like once I went to rehab and came out, um, it was never, I never shied away from letting it be out there. Um, I don't know why, except for something in me told me it was okay to just be that individual. Um, you know, and, and, and the experiences that we've got to have over the last five years um, as well as this you know, relationship has, uh, opened up. It, it, um, it's been crazy to watch. I, I mean, I, every time you send me a little, little, uh, text that has some sort of, we'll say spiritual thought on it. Um, it it's makes usually, me, uh, lyrics from a country song. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it makes me tear up, right? Because, um, it lets me know that the healing that's going on within the family is, is happening and, and, and ideas and thoughts have shifted and perspectives have changed, perhaps, to, to be able to watch a hopeless individual change into someone that um, perhaps might be able to uh, leave a, a different imprint on this world than the one originally set, um, I would guess would make, like I get to witness and I'm sitting across directly across from a guy who I've got to watch, right? There's some other people in my life that I have gotten to watch this thing uh, on a personal level. And I see that within the family, right? Um, Within our family. And that's, it's, man, I swear, I feel like so much has happened over this last five years that the 30 years before were just, they just come in little clips where the last five years kind of comes in this long story. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, so true. Yeah. Like the first 31 years of my life was just like this placeholder death spiral to get me to 32. And then the last two years have just been like the longest, I think, I think it's because I've been conscious the longest, you know, through it. Yeah. But it, it's felt Mm. like, 
I mean, that's just one year, right? Yeah. Five years? Jeez, yeah. dude. That's another lifetime. Yeah. And Brennan, we were sitting, having dinner last night, and uh, Chris is like, uh, he's coming up on 29. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, we talked to all these people, um, you know, and it's just like, so much is available on a daily basis. Like today was so calm that it seemed almost a little weird. Like I, I wanted to be like, what, what, do we, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Um, and what we did was is we sat around and talked and we drove around and we talked and we hung around and we talked. Um, and that's what that was about, was, is the talk, right? If you're going to grow and open a relationship up no matter where it's at, communication is, is, the, is the key. Right. And if you can't communicate, then you're not going to be able to, you, you just said it 10 minutes ago, you know, this idea of communication and your ability to do it. I mean, it's your job, right? This is what, that's what your job is. It involves that. And it's why you're really good at it. And it's why you've been guided towards staying in and around that field. Um, but don't let her fool you, uh, when it comes to, um, <laughs> the problem solver being so analytical, she, she does things from a place that, whether she sees it as this doesn't really matter. Um, what she sees is, is that she's there. Um, I can see it from uh, a, a place that is inspired, right? Um, so we're gonna bring up something that I hardly know anything about because when she was doing it and going through it, I wasn't present to the family. I don't even know what age I was. I don't know where I was at at the time. Um, she will, I'm guessing, because that's, well, she was aware and awake. <laughs> I, on the other hand, was not. Probably and, about 13 years, 13 years ago. Okay. So my sister donated a kidney to a coworker. Now, um, I just want to, I'm going to give you the limited knowledge that I have. Donated I don't, a kidney to a coworker. Yeah, that I don't think you really knew. I'm done. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 13 13 years almost in October would be 13 years 10 11 10 I think was the date yeah and I it's interesting because Darren knows I'm um we talked about it on the way here I am not a uh I'm I'm, I don't believe in organized religion I've I had the same experience growing up he did but I I never was a believer in that world and um, I've always been very math science oriented. Like if I can't see it, I can't prove it with a theory. Um, it doesn't exist. Like that's just, yeah. that was how I grew up. And I feel that. Um, I used to sit in church and, you know, I used to like to sing and I liked the, the tradition and then they'd start talking and I'm like, oh my God, shut up. Like <laughs> what you're saying is not, I'm not buying it, you know, and um, Catholic school and I felt I went to an all girls Catholic school and I felt very restricted. Like, I don't, you know, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was a great experience, but it wasn't my thing. And so even after that, I've, I've tried, I, I sent my kids to Sunday school and I got them baptized and even a couple of them even had first communion. And I was like, I'm going to try. I need to, I need them to have God in their life. Right. And, and that kind of stopped when we got divorced and I just was like, I don't have time and I'm not with them every Sunday and what have you. And, um, I finally, I think, just acknowledged that this isn't a space that I exist in. But I have always been, I think, very fascinated with and believe in the concept of spirituality. Like just there's something. I don't know what it is and, and how to describe it or where it fits. And I don't seek it in that way. But 
I, I say all this because um, my coworker, who was a very good friend of mine, told me, you know, I need a, a kidney. Like, I'm going on the transplant list. I was like, I had no idea. Like, and I, I hold on one second. I don't mean to interrupt. The one piece of information I had about this was false. Just, I just want y'all to acknowledge <laughs> that. That is how fucking out of the loop I am in the world. Sorry about that. That's okay. I said I didn't think you knew him. <laughs> oh, oh, I missed that part. Did I miss that part? I missed that part. No, I did know him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. That's a whole another level. I don't think I've reached that quite low yet. Quite yet. So, uh, that's a, yeah. you're buying dinner tonight. No, I'm kidding. Um, and I, I, okay. Okay. Um, that, uh, and I was like, oh, that really sucks. And you know, well, he's like, my partner's gonna, Jeffrey's gonna get tested and my family's gonna get tested. And I was like, that's great. You know? And then I went off and, and had another baby. Like, I didn't think anything of it. It didn't occur to me that I would be part of this process. He was going to find someone that he was in his immediate circle. And he had hired me. We had traveled together. I adored him. He was just a lovely human being. And I came back from maternity leave. And um, he was like, I was like, how's it going? He's like, no, no matches. But he hadn't had to start dialysis yet because he still had enough kidney function. So he was on the list and hoping that he didn't have to start dialysis. And I, I don't know what happened. I, I looked at him and I was like, I walked out of his office and I emailed the woman who had the information about what the requirements were. And I sat on him cause I knew that if I went and got tested, that I was going to be a match. I just knew it. I, I don't know why I knew it. I, um, and I, thought about it and I went and got tested and sure enough I was a match and I uh was like okay like and I made the decision before I even got tested that if I was a match I would do it because I knew I was a match so I was like I can't do this if I'm not a match like I can't do this if I'm not gonna like don't get tested unless you're gonna do it because I knew I was a match yeah and I um through the whole process, I never had any doubt. Like, I never had any fear. And I was, I, at that point, Lexapro had not entered my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was deathly afraid of dying and anything that could potentially cause it. Um, and I had no fear. I had no fear that day of the surgery. I knew that this was not how I was going out. And I knew it was going to be successful. Meanwhile, I had no idea my family was like freaking out. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm good. My parents were, everyone was worried. And it, it was, it's been successful for 13 years. And, um, uh, he, you know, it, it just, I, I was drawn to it. Like, it was like, this person hired you like he he looked at something and said I need to hire this person and he was my boss and he brought me in and we were friends and but we weren't like we didn't socialize yeah. and it was um and the woman who we each you each get a separate social worker they need to make sure you know you're not getting paid or tortured to do it or something and um she said you know uh you couldn't have been a better match short of being his twin wait a minute it gets better he was a twin and the twin died in utero um and i was like 
uh, all right, like this is like a whole world that I'm not even like sure I understand. Uh. Um, but yeah, so it was, it, it, it was just a th- I was drawn. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's- oh, you don't. I get it. <laughs> we call me. those spiritual experiences. <laughs> right. But it was like, you know, mm. for me, I think it's probably the first one that I actually acknowledged. That yeah. I'm, I'm willing to say yeah. this was bigger than me. Like go. I was guided in this experience. This was um, I was not in control of what was happening. So this has always been my question because I didn't um, I didn't know what was what kind of like pushback did you receive with this decision being a mother being the daughter being uh, uh, um, the medical side of it like what did what kind of things did you hear from people like was was there that or was everybody super supportive like what was so this was probably an early sign and and uh, my ex-husband is a lovely human being and we get along great um but I didn't talk to him about it I told him that I've I'm going to do this I've made this decision I didn't consult which is just a sign of my need to be independent and probably we hadn't reached that level in our relationship that we should have um and he was very supportive you know he I sort of got the you know questions like well what if one of your kids needs a kidney I was like like no one can, you can't live that way. Like I can't live. I was, I said, they're not, I don't know. I probably said they're not going to, or you're a parent or, you know, it, it was, and mom said, I think her question was, what happens if something happens to your kidney that's left? I was like, I get put on the top of the donation list because I'm a donor. And she's like, okay. You know, I think there was more fear there than, than was expressed. Like I think mm-hmm. the day of the surgery, everyone was very worried. They didn't express it to me, but no one ever, I never got pushed back. And it was, um, if they felt it, it wasn't expressed to me. I think I got more adoration, which I was very uncomfortable with. Um, because I knew I just, like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't in, it wasn't, I wasn't doing this because I wanted people to say, wow, you've done this. Like it was, I, again, it was probably in, in your world and what you experienced, you know, something like where you've reached this point where something has you, you you recognize like that was out of my control. That was a power that I was not part of. Um, and I, it's the only, I mean, it's really the only time in my life that I can say that I, I felt that way. Um, and it's, you know, now we laugh cause we don't work together anymore, but we still try to have lunch and we have dinner on the anniversary every year. And I always say, I'm going to have lunch with my kidney, <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> And it's worked and it's been successful and he's living and, um, and I, I, I don't think, um, you know, recently in, in conversations that he and I have had, it's, it occurred to me that I potentially saved his life, but it, or I did or whatever. I just, but that wasn't a thought. Like it didn't occur to me. It just was like, I'm supposed to do this. Like, that's all I knew. Like I, it yeah. didn't, why the, why was it irrelevant? It was just, yeah. I mean, it, that thing that you're describing eloquently is what gets us sober. It's the craziest shit and you can't put it into words. It's this poll. I know I need to do this. That thing. How do you explain that thing? The thing that just guides me. I'm a, I finally feel like I'm a part of something bigger than me. That is what I've been looking for my entire life. That what you just described. Yeah. And it's, 
it is it there are no words because you you don't and you can't really explain it to anyone like it's such a in in internal feeling of calm like I was so calm and I was not a calm human then like no. <laughs> I like I needed Lexapro like I yeah. was I was a very anxiety ridden human being in that part of my life and um yeah I needed two bottles of vodka yeah right. yeah so, um <laughs> have you tried no I'm kidding yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I laughed. <laughs> He's like, I tried it all. Tried it all. Um, yeah. But it was it, it was such a calm and peaceful experience that I, I mean, and I had had surgery before, and I was always worried and always like, like laying there. Carl was like, "Are you nervous?" I'm like, "I'm not nervous." Like I was not for a second. Safe and protected. Yeah. It it felt like I just knew. I don't. I was like, "This isn't." How, I mean, I I said it in a very crass way. I was like, "This isn't how I'm going out." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna go out giving someone a kidney. Yeah. But I it wasn't. I didn't feel crass about it. You were called to the situation. That's why when you the paper was laid in front of you, you knew. Yeah. Because there was something in you that was drawing you to go do this action, right? Um, that's why you were calm. That's why you weren't afraid because the action you were taking wasn't being done by you. The power needed to take that action was not coming from you. It was coming maybe deep from within you. That is something that is in all of us. But the reason why you were able to go through that is because this was something that was done through you, not by you. Right. Um, and I look at the, you know, I'm not a big, I, I don't know. I just, the whole like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's this plant, you know, whatever. And then I think back, I was like, like he hired me. Like, could it all have been laid out <laughs> like that? <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, you're thinking like, could you imagine if he'd have known in that moment that I'm hiring the person that's going to donate their, like, I just, as you look back on it, I'm sure you guys look back on, you know, how you got to where you are, but it was just, you know, did, was there a lead here? Like, was I led in this direction? And it's, it's a hard thing for me to say mm. yes to. <laughs> I want to own it. Like I really course, do. I want to be course. like, I'm a superhero. Like, yay. Like, look at me. And I don't, I don't feel that way. Like I just, I don't, I can't own it. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh man. So that, I talked to my older brother last night for he called me on the way back from Ventnor and um we talked the whole way home till I came up here laid in bed it was an hour 45 mm. we talked for and we talked about all sorts of shit and um we were just talking man and he was we started talking about he went to Costa Rica he went to Costa Rica and he was describing laying in the ocean and hearing whales calling and the waves crunching on the coral and like coming up and hearing the wind blow. And he got this feeling and he wrote down in his notebook and underlined it, it's alive, right? And he was like, I was like, damn, like you were just a part of it. You were a part of it all in that moment. It's alive, like that's the thing. That's the thing you just described. And um, we kept going and we kept going because it feels like something's missing. And I was like, dude, for the longest time, I thought it was mental, physical, like 
just those two. We're going to just straighten those two. I was science-based, like, show me, prove it to me, atheist, no chance. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, my man. <laughs> like, explain it to me in a way I can understand, let's go. And he's the same way. And I was like, dude, I had no idea that, like, this other part of me was missing. And that other part being the spirituality, that thing you're talking about, seeking that thing you're talking about, seeking the thing we're all talking about, that thing I don't understand and growing that. And he said something like, I'm so proud of you. And that the same feeling, he didn't say something like he said, dude, I'm so proud of you. And the way you can't own that is the way we can't own sobriety. Didn't do it. It was done for me. I didn't do it. And he's like, no, dude, like you did it. And I was like, I can't, I cannot take ownership for it. I can't cause I didn't do it. And then instead of fighting him over it for the next 45 minutes, I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and he said, um, you know, you have no idea from like what you've come from to where you're at now. It's like totally different. Like our relationship it like took a long time to develop like your guys did. And I was like, yeah, man, that's only cause I was just taking from the relationship. I wasn't partaking in it with you. Um, and like, that was it. Like, you know, it was like <laughs> fucking waterfall. Fest. <laughs> <laughs> was like, but as I say, it's like, it's beautiful to see you two partaking in a relationship. You know, I, I've, it's it's been beautiful to watch. It's been really beautiful to watch and like actually have you here in person and watch you too. It's it's the power of it. That story is amazing. And that power brings us all here tonight to have this conversation. It's crazy. Yeah, that level of uh selflessness. Um there has to be something that's causing that um, because I don't know that as humans our self-will to survive um, would allow us to to make that just out of you know like hey you know what I think I'm gonna give up a kidney today I think the desire to be like the the, the inherent human in us that that thing that drives us to procreate you know to to pass on to stay here to live type of deal i don't know that that allows for us to make decisions and actions that 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 put that in jeopardy that way um without something being there because to to have that experience and and suffer none of the things that you that you've suffered from throughout your life i mean we we've had conversations where you've discussed your your bouts with anxiety from a young age onward you know, um, your reaction to the household that we grew up in and how you dealt with that um, and how you turned that towards this problem-solving scenario. You know, I remember you were telling me about the, uh, the, uh, the workroom. <laughs> I, I, I had a, it was difficult. Um, our dad was difficult. I was treated a little differently. I didn't suffer the abuse that my brother did. She was a better kid. <laughs> no, I just knew that if I was a better kid, I would not be, um, you knew better. I knew better. <laughs> I, and I, I regularly tried to tell him if you would just get good grades, you would be left alone. But, um, 
but the, the story he's referencing is my, we, if my dad was working on something, we worked on it with him and I was the tool getter. I didn't know shit about tools. I was like eight mm. and I would come back inevitably with the wrong tool and I would get yelled at for not having the right tool. So my solution to that was my dad had an entire workroom and it had pegboard walls. I took down every tool. I put up all the hooks. I hung them. I traced them on the pegboard and I wrote what they were so that when I was asked to go get a tool, <laughs> I could do it in 30 seconds or less. You mean you didn't internalize that and then drink over it for the next 30 years? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> that's what I did. Um, My God, that sounds so simple. <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get yelled at anymore, so I'm going to solve this problem. What class did you take to learn that <laughs> as a child? I, I don't really know. Like, that's what I think. I'm like, how come that was the path that I saw? Um, and I, but I also, again, it was, it was different. I, it was, it was fear-based. My, my choices that were fear-based were different. I did, I wasn't looking to cope. I was looking to get away from, like to prevent it. I didn't. I didn't want to cope with it. And it was similar with anxiety. Yeah. I remember being like, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to know how to deal with my anxiety. I want them to make it go away, which may not be a healthy mindset either. But even as a child, I knew I don't want to cope with this. I want it to go away. So like, how do I solve the problem to ensure that I don't have to experience this again? And, and when you talk a little bit about life now with people not wanting to have to deal with pain, and I, I was, I was probably escaping it versus, you know, cause I can say there are probably times in my life where I really didn't know how to process certain feelings or how to manage those things. Um, but yeah, so mine, it was a very different choice. Like his, but again, it was a slightly different experience. I don't know that he could have solved that problem. Um, mine appeared solvable, you know, like I just stayed under the radar and I did really well in school and um, I hung tools up in a very organized <laughs> workroom. Workroom was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so organized. so organized. It was amazing. I still think back to the day the lawnmower showed up <laughs> and gotten delivered or something. I know the parents weren't there yet. They were both at work and it was in a box. And it was a, was it the push one? It was, it a, was push a push one. one yeah. It was a push one. And uh, they weren't quite as, it was, it was, there was more pieces then than there would be today. And um, that was the thing. I'm going to put this together before anybody gets home kind of scenario. And she did. Like that's that. oh she did oh yeah 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 yeah. So uh, Darren uh, yeah. um either was really smart or or just didn't care. But we had to cut the grass. We had an acre of land, mm -hmm. and he would cut the grass. And every time he took a turn, he left a strip. I would go out behind him and recut it because he hadn't done it properly. To the point where I finally told him, "Don't cut the grass anymore. I will be cutting the grass." And I don't know if he did that purposefully, like I'm really smart, this is how I get out of it, or I was a crazy person um, needing the level. Well, see, and this is what I, I got out of. I got the, you must be perfect. Like everything must be perfect, which I'm sure created anxiety. Um, mm. 
but <laughs> it also created I became a very good problem solver because when you need to find perfection you need to be able to problem solve um, I love cutting the grass. It was certainly not done intentionally. Uh, <laughs> Except when my dad made him do it at like six in the morning after he had passed out drunk in the bathroom naked in our house at the age of. She's just telling stories <laughs> <laughs> that I know Maybe nothing 14, about. 15. Yeah. I mowed the lawn naked at like 15. No. He, my dad tantrum. woke him up and was like, you will go push cut the entire backyard. I think you were throwing up in the process, like outside so. in uh, yeah. the summer. Uh, yeah. He had me, he also, we did the dig the three foot by three foot hole for the basketball tire to mm-hmm. drop down in for the basketball hoop. Oh yeah, physical labor. Built, yeah. a, built a fence, hired uh, a shed, went over <laughs> punishment. Yeah. Worked really well, yeah. it seems. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Made me feel much better for that night. I've <laughs> worked right through that hangover. Yeah, we're ready to go at it again. Oh, back when hangovers were only one day long. Yeah, that was awesome. Back in the day. Mm. Um. <laughs> I think that didn't compute. Did no, it, uh, yes, it does because uh, I I've had them and I don't really drink anymore because I had four children in four and a half years and there is literally nothing worse than being hung over and waking up at six in the morning to a child who needs your full care. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's really not fun. And so I was like, hmm, just not going to do this anymore because awesome. this sucks. <laughs> awesome. So now I have to, I mean, I, I will drink occasionally. It's very rare, but um, I get a lot of questions. Why don't you drink? I just don't, but why not? But I, just don't <laughs> see if you just like fuck your life up then nobody will ask why you don't drink <laughs> like, we're really glad you don't drink anymore that's what i get my yeah. entire extended family when they see him it's really good you don't drink anymore <laughs> we might invite you to the next wedding <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah the next one hey listen um i talk about that sometimes right the idea of getting invited cordially you know um how cool as opposed to is. regretfully <laughs> or the, that invite that's not really an invite, you know? Hey, listen, <laughs> we know you live far away and it's short notice, but if you would like to, we understand if you can't, you know, uh, they've laid out a thousand excuses before the invites come out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy to be able to look and see, uh, see this stark contrast in approaches in life. Um, for whatever reasons, right? Could be some experiences, could be some genetic stuff, could be whatever. Um, some self, some decisions based on self, right? All these things line up, and yet we can spend today a whole day pretty much just talking, right? Um, and that's kind of what we've always done. Like when we do talk, we talk. But no, the difference though now is I'm talking with you where most of the conversations he would call it was I'd hit bottom right I've we talked about that you know just a little bit ago and he would talk to me for an hour and a half about his new solution or sometimes he would be intoxicated and he was just calling and talking um and I would listen you know um he he seemed to know the right time to call me it was really fascinating like he would always catch me when I would be willing to answer the phone and had an hour to spare um but I didn't 
talk about me like there was no how are you how are the kid he may have forgotten times I had children um or if he asked it wasn't real like it was just because that was what you should do um we weren't I we weren't I wasn't talking with him he was talking at me yeah um and now a lot of it is me asking him like today on the car ride here I I you know really was seeking his guidance um which um, would have, you know, I mean, he's a remarkably intelligent human being and always has been. Um, and this was like legitimate, like about my children, like looking to him about like guidance for how to deal with something related to my children. Um, and that's a very different level of relationship and communication, um, versus, you know, him talking to me. No, I mean, over the last five years, you know, to watch, like I remember sitting around in the kitchen when I first came back um, to the area um, and just having like what started to develop his real conversations um, at the house, you know. Oh, the the, the stuff before, anything before that is not, that's just self-seeking. That's... Perhaps you're the third person I've tried to call, right? Or perhaps you're going to be the I'm first gonna one. I'm just going to go with I was always the first. Yeah. <laughs> we can go We can go with that. But, I mean, you don't want to be the first. No, I'm I telling don't. you, not on that list. <laughs> that is not. Oh, you my God, not I must call. I guess it's my sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you don't really want to be on that list, period. I mean, I. it's funny when people um, <clears throat> stopped answering my calls. The response I had. You know, I, I cut them out of my life because I can't he talk, see. He talked. You talked about that on a prior yeah. podcast, or an early one yeah. about you know when people stopped. Yeah, sick yeah. of our shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or you weren't allowed to play Xbox anymore. With I was them. not allowed to play Xbox with my friends anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sad day. <laughs> um, but that's it's it's pretty cool how this journey is just uh, though different paths we've kind of come back to a place where uh crazy thing is 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 the whole time we were both going forward right that's the craziness about the two journeys we were both moving forward mine had a lot more turns um and a lot more potholes and, and 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 cliffs and things like that but the fact is is we were both walking forward which is kind of cool because it allows us to come to a place where at some point my road has smoothed out so that I could kind of almost not quite but almost catch up to where you might be in life as an adult right now I still have the challenges of the child in me um, struggling with being an adult um, which I'm guessing most people do we seem to have the alcoholic seems to be blessed with uh, the the extreme example of some of these um, things. But it's pretty cool to be able to step back and look. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of days um, in in this situation, um, is looking at that I can actually feel like my sister, who I always was like, my God, she's the most intelligent, smartest person I knew because you always had four point somethings, which I didn't even know was fucking possible. Like there's something after the four. How is that possible besides a zero? Yeah. What? Yeah. And I, this was, you have to imagine and not to 
to throw her out there. But this was like in the 80s. This wasn't like in the 2000s where they just started giving you like super credits for shit and you were getting like five pointers. This was like back when it was almost unheard of <clears throat> to have passed a 4.0. And then she like went to every level of college that I feel like you could go to. No, I think there's one more. Is there? I don't have a doctor. Okay. Um, but what she did was is, is she was able to maneuver within her first four years in and out of different areas and still at the end have something and be able to take that and take it into the next step and take that and take it into the next step. Um, and I just always watched in amazement because I'm like, my God, she's, she's brilliant. Um, and that scared me to try to have that communication because I was so like early on, not early in, not during my, uh, active, but when we, when I first got, was to sit there and try to imagine having a conversation because I was still under the impression that I was quite unintelligent and, um, incapable of having personal relationships. Hugs with me are awkward, right? They just are because I'm like, <laughs> firm, not term. <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of like, is she going to say, I love you? Yeah, I, 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 I love you. I'm just saying it. Fuck it. I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to always say it no matter what she says. Right. I mean, this is me trying to come up into this relationship. Like these are the things that run through my head. Like, am I trying to be too much now? When I'm, am I being that brother? What am I? <laughs> so it's pretty cool to be able to spend time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I still thought this afternoon or the other day, I was like, should I say I love you? It was just a quick conversation. Are we there? Is that where we're at? Um, <laughs> but like, this is just truth, right? Um, but how cool it is to be able to actually feel okay in me, within me, having a conversation with you, right? And feel cool. And when you, and when you present those things to me, you, you don't even know what that does for me. Um, over the last couple of years, some of the experiences, getting to spend time with Josh was just mind-blowing to me. Um, having that talk with Avery, having talks with you, um, man, like that may, that may be tops of the list almost in experiences on, a, on an external level um, of what this program has done in my life. To, to see you actually have some confidence, for lack of a better word, I guess, um, in me when it comes to life. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? My kids, it's interesting because they're, I mean, they adore him. I mean, they really do. And they know his story. Um, I mean, not the detailed version of it, but. One day. Come yeah. here, little kid. Yeah. Let me tell you about the devil called crack. <laughs> um, but they do. They they really, and I, and I love that for them, um, that they have that relationship. Um I mean, it'd be nice if I had it on the other end, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. One day. I always, we, it, we have a running joke. I always tease him that I had to have four kids because he wasn't having any and my, you know, my parents needed grandkids. So. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> I was lost there for Sorry, a I was like, uh -huh. I don't get the reciprocal. Yeah. Like, I don't get to be the cool aunt, but it's okay. Yeah. I'll forgive you for that. Okay. <laughs> You can you can hang out with all my sponsees. <laughs> you know what's funny is I do. I mean, partially listening to the podcast, having lunch with, you know, a couple of the guys when he came down, and then I do. I I've taken it on. Yeah. Like I feel very vested. I'm sorry. I feel very vested. Oh, yeah. Like 
And when I hear like maybe they're not doing so well, I get very upset. And like, I'm like, well, you need to tell them that I'm, I'm, and he refuses to do it. And I know why, because it's not, it's pointless, but I'm like, you tell him I'm rooting for him. Like that. I, you know, he know he's, he can do this. And he's just like, I'm sure he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheerleader over here. But I have, I've like taken it on. I'm like vested. Uh, like if you ever don't do well, like I'm coming for you. I'm just telling no, you. Dude, like, no, okay. No. You, you, you don't just have this one now. You've, 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 yeah, you've yeah, taken yeah. me on too. So. Yeah. That's beautiful. No, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you mentioned looking backwards before. It's like, that's my favorite way to look at, like, how this all came together. Like, how the fuck did me and him meet? It's, this is where I came from. So where he ever, he was out romping around, wherever I was out romping around, and then our paths just go. I was telling the story last night that, um, the reason he came, I don't know if you know, but the reason he was at RCA in New Jersey is because his insurance had, the place had to have a detox facility mm. and the RCA facilities in our area didn't. So he had to come to New Jersey. Um, and so he, uh, that was really, that was why that was the <coughs> choice. Um, and then when he came back and he was at my house and you could tell you were, you know, after the cancer and he was recovering from that and he was definitely floundering a little bit. And I had, um, it was time for him to go. Um, I enjoyed having him, but I, I needed my space back and I knew he needed something else. And I was like, so you got a plan? Like that was my like pep talk. Like, what's your plan? Are you oh, going to like, worst. <laughs> the worst. and I'm sure he was like, <laughs> inside like f you like i just got through cancer like i'm still dealing with it you know and but i was like it's time like i knew like it was time and i think you thought on it and probably talked to people or maybe prayed on it i don't know and he's like i'm i'm gonna i need to go back to new jersey like i need my community and i said i think that makes perfect sense go for it you know and you can always come here if you need to and that was his need for the community, I think, was ultimately what brought... That was the word you used for me. Was yeah. Like, I, he felt like... I mean, he had friends where we lived, and there was obviously a community. But, I, you know, I knew you were going to meetings, and you could tell he just... It didn't feel right, even to me, and I don't think it felt right to him. And so he was like, I need to go back where my people are. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth behind all of that is is the... <clears throat> the people that were in Jersey were the people that, you know, Chris Brennan, who uh, last night, you know, I told him, I said, you know, and you saved my life. And that's just truth. Now, God brought me to him because um, we can sit here and talk about how my insurance needed detox. We can talk. Uh, there's a thousand rehabs between Naples, Florida and Bethesda, Maryland. Right. And for me to end up in Mays Landing, New Jersey, because that's that's not the only one that it's accepted. It's just where we, we were kind of guided towards. Your friend had an experience, right? I mean, this is all. So I get to meet him, and, and then at that point, I get to meet Tim, right? So what happened was, is as that was all developing, sitting in the basement, um, Tim offered, right? I mean, this is all laid out, right? Like, I don't want to make any decisions because I'm full of fear. I don't want to move because I'm in a in, in a basement where I can well I can hide out um, I can <clears throat> do what I do right um, and um, 
but there's always been something or someone who's been right there to give me a little little push right tim did it once i'd kind of run out of there he was like hey man time for you to go right and every time any of those things has ever happened in my life that still quiet voice when i was sitting in florida said hey it's time for you to go you got to go you need to leave here right you say it um tim says it you know um every time that's happened the things that have come from it have been uh, life-changing right so now um, though I still want to struggle with those things. I still want to, right now, come on, hold on. Um, truth is, is uh, my, my direct experience with those uh, situations where left to my own devices, I do nothing. Um, God continues to put people in my life who push me, right? Um, just enough for me to think perhaps maybe this person who I admire because that's how it's always been. It's always been people that I admire that have given me push. Um, and I go, okay, all right, yeah, gotcha. You know, um, so that's pretty cool. I know that, uh, I don't remember that it being like that at the house. I was pretty sure you were in tears begging me to stay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, but you live up with, stuff. Yeah, and then I'm you like, live with your dude, story. your stuff is still here. Are you coming back to get your stuff? When are you coming to get the rest of your stuff? Like, we still have your stuff here. Do you need this stuff? <laughs> These are all lies. <laughs> She is living in a delusion. I believe that. <laughs> well, to be honest, the version of you now is very different of the version of you then. Like I, you've got to hope so. Fucking hope so. Well, no, but I mean, you, he's reached just a different sort of calmness. Like he was still like, you could see the anger. Dude, in I him. was sick, yeah, yeah. very sick. No program, no God. Yeah. yeah. He, he had like, he was still angry and I could hear it in how he talked to the kids every once in a while oh, really? and I could just see it and you could, he just, there was a lot of sitting in the dark and you know, it was just, I was just like you, this isn't it. Like this isn't, you didn't come as far as you've come at this point, which was to me a, a huge distance to live in my basement. Like you just didn't like, I mean, that's not the words I said to you. I just yeah, was yeah. sort of more like trying to be like a motivational speaker. Like, do you have yeah. a job? What's your plan? Like, what do you think you want to do? Like, force me out to go work for the fucking <laughs> dare program. God. No, that was before that. That was before cancer. Um, but I will say, I, I do look at his life from the point at which he made that call. The amount of times I can look at things that have occurred in his space. And, and there's definitely someone watching over him. Like, it's it's fascinating. Nobody can be that lucky. <laughs> you can't. He can't. He can't. <laughs> mm. I mean, even, I, I still think the craziest one is he w moved to, where did you move, Virginia? For a minute. Yeah. For a minute yeah. for this job. And it was so bad. He's like, I'm going to come back. And then, who was it? Was it Heather? Someone had mentioned that lump on your neck and mm -hmm. when he got back you know we have you know he went to the doctor and found out he had cancer if he just stayed down there he wouldn't have gone to the doctor like and i just think to myself like seriously like it was the same voice it said you need to leave this job now i think it's because the job's shitty <laughs> it's not the job was the job um it was because it's what you just said yeah. if i did not leave Richmond, Virginia at that time, I would have, or Virginia Beach, sorry. Um, I would have never gone to the doctor. And it was in a position in my neck that would have uh, spread rapidly 
and probably would have died. Yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. Like, I'm just baffled by it. I mean, I I know I probably shouldn't be, but I still am like, really, dude? Like, I mean, even today, when we ran into... God's favorite alcoholic. You are. (laughs) (laughs) What was the kid's name we ran into today? Mike. We go in Starbucks, and he's like, hey, dude. And they start talking. I'm like, really, dude? You don't go to Starbucks. I go to Starbucks. Like the fact that you ran into him today, you know, like it just is, I, I don't know. I'm very, I sort of am in all of the whole thing when I'm around him because there's just this, something's constantly happening that just sort of, I'm like, that's just weird. Like that's really weird. Uh, is it odd? <laughs> <laughs> or is it God? <laughs> so, um, cool. Thank you. My pleasure. This is, uh, I got to learn some things. Um, that was cool to watch. Yeah. Cool to be a part of. Yeah. I did a lot of watching tonight. It was cool. Are there any? Did you have any like, like burning questions that you um, like wanted to know? Like anything you want me to tell you that I know about him that you? No, know? I'll let him off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know that much no. to be honest. Like I'm really not that person. No. I <laughs> okay. might know more. Yeah. <laughs> you probably <laughs> do. I, I, every I, time I go to a, me- I mean, I, not I haven't gone, but every time I hear the podcast, I'm like. That's new. That's new. Uh, um, okay, so I do have one question, and then we're gonna, um, then we're gonna, then we're gonna get out of here. Um, so I remember, which means nothing. I remember a time where I had had people over the house. It was one of those New Year's Eve scenarios where mom and dad had done gone out for the night, um, and I had had people over, and you showed up, and you were possibly on some. I definitely acid. was. Okay, so that was real. That was real. Like I opened the door and you were just standing there laughing. Well, and then he was out in the backyard, possibly with a, a girl. I was, yeah. And I thought... That was my girl, Patty. Oh. I thought there was like ghosts with white sheets, like <laughs> floating and doing stuff in the backyard. They were. I was totally freaked out. I'm like looking out my bedroom window trying to figure out wh- what's happening. It was like a close encounter experience and oh, like God. i had no idea what was okay going on so there. that was real that, that right, actually good. did all right occur, all that so. in the real in the real one all right one out of a hundred <laughs> but thanks Not for bad. sharing that yeah hey i just wanted to make sure we <laughs> I, I i really set myself up as a very good child here and you just Boom. crushed it just a little knock me right off. off that pedestal oh just, you fit in a little bit more I didn't say I didn't do anything. I just yeah. said when I did it, I never felt the need that I must do, do it, it again. again. A little sampler. Yes. Um, well, I can't thank you enough for being here, Ryan, for being a part of it. Oh, um, this is awesome. And for the introduction on it. You know, I was I didn't think we were gonna bring that up uh, right off the jump. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's one of those things where I still don't know how to uh, accept. Yeah. You know, it's so nice. challenging. Like, I don't like to even bring it up. She's like mentioned that earlier today because I was like, I, I don't feel comfortable bringing it up. Like, I'm not that guy who's going to throw this shit out on social media scenario, yeah. right? And then, um, so it's always it's always made me feel kind of awkward. Right? If we can bring it up just as a way to spread hope that that's possible, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that's the only yeah, thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. listen, yeah. five years. People subs- need to know it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. That's the whole fucking point of this. Yeah. Like, this is possible. Rebuilding relationships with your family is possible. Yeah. Rebuilding relationships in your life is possible. Getting better and healthier is possible. Yeah. Being sober for five years straight is impossible because there was a time 
not too long ago where I thought five people five years sober were full of shit. <laughs> for real. They mm-hmm. got to be lying because I can't stay sober for longer than 90 days. I remember like you guys I talked about that on one of like, that when you hit a year, you were like, what the fuck? Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get past yeah. 90 days. I couldn't get past like 67 days. So five years is like, what? It doesn't compute. Yeah. So um, I can't. Well, I'm just. Uh, I do have one question for you, yeah. if you don't mind. And hopefully it doesn't take us on another like, I don't want to make this crazy. You can always cut it out. Um, is it weird? Like when I'm listening to you on the, I was listening to the one with um, Devin. No, mm-hmm. what's the most recent? I'm almost. Devin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you were, you explained the kind of alcoholic you were that you drank to be unconscious. Yeah. Like, is it weird to be conscious? Like, it's amazing to be conscious. It, it like, used to be very painful to be conscious, uh, which is why I wanted to be unconscious. Like anxiety, a thousand. Depression, a thousand. Um, my life, when I looked at it, I wasn't sober for a very long time. Like I was either severely hungover and like every level low. So depression at like all time low anxiety all time high or low whatever you want to call it and then everything else was just very low and then drunk would be like back to neutral and then i would be blacked out so there was like when i lost control right but being conscious was terrible because when you're conscious and you look at what you're doing run because like this life is just an absolute mess like everything is going sideways everything and you can't stop it it's like a runaway train. So conscious was horrible. Being conscious now is the whole fucking thing. It's the whole game is being actually awake. It's being awake for moments like this, like getting to be a part of this, getting to be a part of life without all that. And like the further we go along on this, the the more of that, like I, I can't get enough of it now I cannot get enough of it now feed me more it's inspiring because when I listen to it I'm like wow I really should experience life more because I enjoy my couch a lot <laughs> you guys are like it's easy to be comfortable no but know? I mean it's it's I'm listening to you guys and thinking wow I really like they missed out on so much that I you know probably have experienced and um but it's inspiring to say, well, that doesn't, you can still keep going. You know, you can still, there's so much to experience. And I think, I hope you guys see that. I don't, I'm not, you know, familiar with everyone that's listening, but for those people that are listening that aren't in this camp or aren't part of your, your journey, um, it's still inspiring because it's, it's life lessons that I think whether you're an alcoholic or not, or have an addiction or not, that you can learn from and, and realize like you, there are things that you should be partaking in and understanding about yourself and your life and the people around you and how to be in a good relationship and all of those things again, whether you're an alcoholic. So it's, it's, I'm learning about him, but I'm also learning from the two of you that because you're experiencing life almost like a child for the first, you know, that it's, it's inspiring because you're seeing it in a um, unfiltered way that we have filtered out. Like, you know, we've, become so content with 
the normalcy and the day-to-day and like listening to you guys who getting an opportunity to just do something normal and it have it feel so great makes me realize like I'm it's inspiring so I just wanted to share that because I think you're touching people that are even who don't necessarily feel like we need to go through recovery but just need to maybe live a better life mic drop <laughs> thank you for coming my pleasure thanks yeah. for having me it's nice to meet you finally it was a pleasure to meet you beautiful beautiful stuff man um thank you all uh we got a uh, we got a guest next week as well coming that uh i think will be that's gonna be intriguing interesting yeah, I can't wait. yeah. I'm fired up. yeah uh some of y'all might know him it's pastor zach pastor zach yeah um boss man yeah so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun but uh this was uh, well this is so much more than i could have thought and i uh, love you guys for it thank you love you too love you guys <laughs>